hello, hello, and welcome to Puff Puff Pass, the highly produced show where one couple talk about one movie while high. And finally, we're doing the best time of the year. Mm-hmm. Spooktober! Woo! Christian, you excited? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have anything to get festive? Do you have anything to get in the mood for October? I put all of your decorations up around the house. <laughs> I mean, we're recording in September somehow. Well, you asked if I had, I had anything festive for October. Okay, what's something that's festive for you? And that's decorating around the house? Yeah. Well, I plan on doing that, like, next week. Buying you your first pumpkin spice thing from Starbucks and Dunkin'. That wasn't the first one. And Dunkin'. <laughs> that's your definition of, of festive? Yeah. Mm. I found this movie on HBO Max that's, like, a trilogy, and it's, like, Ooh. Dracula. <laughs> And it's like this, like like it's this early two thousands, and it looks super corny, and I kind of want to watch it. Mm-hmm. And there's three, there's two, there's two other movies too. There's two sequels, as it says. Are there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going through like the Halloween list of like horror movies and thrillers on HBO Max, and I was like, wow. HBO Max. I know Christian can't wait to watch um, Scream Queens. <sighs> yeah, I can. <laughs> we literally never even finished it last night. That's time. because it's. A fall thing. Okay. Do we pick up where we left off? We can if you want to. We just start all over. Uh-uh. We can start from the Halloween episode. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's where what's his face dies. Um, what's his name? The guy Top played gun. by. Uh, I was gonna yeah, say. Top gun. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. But today we will be covering for our first Spooktober this month. Was this movie about 2003? No, the 1998 really? sci-fi horror, The Faculty. Whoa. Whoa. Directed by Robert Rodriguez, who also directed Spy Kids, mm-hmm. From Dusk Till Dawn, and most recently, Hypnotic. Really? Yeah, we also have the screenplay by Kevin Williamson, and if that name sounds familiar, it's because he also did screenplay for Scream. For him. So the budget for this movie was fifteen million, but grossed sixty three point two million overall. Mm-hmm. This film is starring Elijah Wood, who was part of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Happy Feet. A few good movies, in case you haven't seen them. <laughs> and Spy Kids three D, game over. He wasn't starring in it. He the, did like show up, but he's the guy. Dude, he's the guy. Did Elijah Wood like low key like background character define our childhood? He was in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. He was in Happy Feet. Mm-hmm. He was in Spy Kids. What else was he in? I'm gonna look him up while you keep going. Honestly, he's in that show Wilfred. You know the one where he it's like a dog, but like it's like a. Huge <laughs> <laughs> I look. I look up Elijah Woods. This is the photo they go with. <laughs> Very first one. Do you wear wigs? Do you wear wigs? <laughs> Dude. Also, his signature. Like, yeah, that fucking says Elijah Wood. <laughs> That's a guy who's like, I imagine you, if you were an actor, you would get the Elijah Wood treatment. He had a small part in Back to the Future Part 2. What the... What? That was like... uh, Film. Oh, Video Game Boy number two. (laughs) Oh my god. Love that for him. That's wild. I love that. Are you fascinated? Uh, he was in Deep Impact, like right before the faculty came out. Mm. And he's also in the faculty. Yeah. 
Do you know he was only 17 years old when he did this movie? He looks 17. Bro. We also have Jordina Brewster, who has been on this podcast before. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Jordina Brewster. Jordina. She's been on the podcast before. Good for him. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have no idea. Do you want to know what movie it was? Uh, I don't know what she's been in. Um, she's been on this podcast. Before. I know she's been on this podcast. I'm just like, I'm trying to think what she was in. There was a latitude there. I'll give you some sass. Right, well, I know you have it written down. No, so. I don't okay. have it written down. You want me to guess? Yeah. What month was it? See? No, no, no. What? Been on the pod. No. That's what it says. It doesn't well, even have the movie. It just... doesn't have the movie oh, on there. Okay. I don't want you to show me what the movie was. Okay. Um. Uh. What month was it? It was for April. For April? Gosh, what was April? Action April? What did we do for Action April? Uh, Top Gun. Uh, Top Gun was in April, right? Mm-hmm. Top Gun. You're gonna make me scroll back to <laughs> uh, Spotify and find us. You, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, puff Puff Pass, April. Ooh, passed it. Uh, Furious Seven, mm-hmm. Top Gun. Yeah, she's in Furious Seven. Oh. Oh. Oh yeah, we only did two movies for April. That's why I was like, "Where's the rest?" Oh, okay. Where's the rest of you? So I got I got it half. So as it, it was Furious Seven, what was she in? She's in Furious 7. And I'm like, well, what, what, what was she? She played, uh... She played background girl. <laughs> she was What's-His-Face's wife. Who was like, I'm pregnant again. Dom Toretto? Not Dom Toretto's, but fucking Paul Walker. I can't think of her name. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's her. That's crazy. I'd be like, yo, dude, if I was... I said this before on an earlier podcast episode, yeah. but I was like, I would love to be, like, a film reporter, and I'd be like... Like, I go to Elijah Wood or whatever, talk about this movie, I'm like, so personal opinion uh what role do you think defined you as an actor and why, why was it, it why was it your role in happy feet <laughs> i'm like oh my god you're dana brewster i loved you in the faculty she'd be like what the fuck <laughs> not my badass driving skills what celebrity what celebrity would not surprise you if, if you found out that they were a teletubby like they were one of the people like in the costume hmm. owen wilson I can see Owen Wilson. I was going to say, like, Chris Pratt or something. Uh, Terry Crews? No, he's the sun baby. Okay. Oh, my fucking God. This movie also stars Clea Duvall, who is in But I'm a Cheerleader, Girl Interrupted, and She's All That. As in Shelley Duvall? No. You said Clea Duvall, yeah. right? Yeah. Have you never seen But I'm a Cheerleader? No, I was wondering if, she was, if she's re- re- related to any of the other Duvalls. I doubt it. Duvall is a lesbian and is married. She came out 2016. Duvall also said that she was, quote, very closeted while making But I'm a Cheerleader. Fooled me. Fooled me. <laughs> You're awful. She was in ER and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hot. Which I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I know everyone talks about how good it is, and I'm like, is that something I should pick up this October? Like, is it like ironic? Like, oh, she doesn't actually slay vampires. Uh, I know, know she falls in love with um the guy from Bones. 
Bones, 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 bones. Oh that. my god, I not Booth. Like, yeah, I think he's like an angel or whatever. But I feel like Buffy the Vampire Slayer has the same vibe as like Charmed. Did you watch that? Because I was to watch that all the time. Charmed. Uh, I think you tried to show me it a few times. Fucking time. love Charmed. Charmed. I, you always struck me as more of a uh, uh, Once Upon a Time girl. I also watched that. Yeah, I know. Uh, I tried to get you to watch that, but I was watching it, and there was like one storyline. Sarah's like, line. this is bad. This was one storyline they've been on for way too long, and I was like, I don't I'm bored remember now. this being the plot for like the entire fucking season. What was the plot of the movie? I remember when Frozen came around, like, the characters from Frozen came on Once Upon a Time. I was like, okay, you lost me. Yeah. You lost me. <laughs> yeah, I... Personally... It was fun for the Brothers Grimm. Like, I get that. That was super fun. But once you start adding Disney characters, the Brave, I was like, okay, whatever. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But then Frozen, I was like, okay. <laughs> you're done. You're done. You're done. No, I think the best season is the one with Peter Pan being the villain. I ate that season up. I said, like, Robbie K was my like biggest crush, bro. Yeah. I ate that up so fast. I said, like, We also have a young Josh Harnett who was in Black Hawk Down, Pearl Harbor, and most recently Oppenheimer. Jo- Josh Harnett. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to know exactly. Who. Yeah, yeah, you do know exactly who that is. Was he Danny in Pearl Harbor? I don't know. I've never seen Pearl Harbor. Really? Yeah. Because Pearl Harbor sucked. But I miss you. Yeah, he was Danny. Okay, yeah, he was Danny. <laughs> Danny's one of the main characters. The Oppenheimer thing didn't be like, whoa. Uh, I thought you'd go Gaga for that. Uh, it was whatever. I think he played Lawrence or whatever. Uh, in Oppenheimer, yeah, he was Ernest Lawrence. Yeah, he was sexy in that. I said, ooh, I take your class, sir. Mm. Wouldn't understand a word you're saying. I mean, he's hot in this movie, too, so. Yeah. And also, Sean Hotsey. Or Hatsy Or Hatsui. Yeah. Oh, he had a role in O. O? It's a romantic thriller. Thriller. On a, it's a modern adaptation of William Shakespeare's Othello. Set in, a, set in an American high school, uh, the film contains many different styles of music, ranging from rap to opera. Oh. It was filmed in Charleston, South Carolina uh, in spring of 1999. You were kind of here for this. I was not. You were I was in, born in the fall of 1999. Originally intended for release for October 17th, 1999, it was shelved following the Columbine High School Massacre. Jesus Christ, dude. Uh, o was finally released on August 31st, 2001. The film grossed $16 million at the United States box office, which was uh, seen by distributor Lionsgate as a box office success. Oh. Its budget was $5 million. Nice. I love a good like Shakespeare interpretation of it and that takes place in high school. Like, 10 things I hate about you? Fuck yeah. Martin Sheen's in this. Clueless? Hell yeah. That's not Shakespeare. That's fucking Jane Austen. Close enough. Fuck me. <laughs> Clueless? It's not Shakespeare. No, you said Clueless. Clueless is like Emma. That's Jane Austen. I didn't know Clueless was based off of a book. Yeah, it's that's, Emma. That's cool. Oh my god. Are you being for real right now? Yes, I didn't know. <laughs> I've, I've never read Jane Austen, and I th- don't think I've seen Clueless. Ever? No. I've. That has your boy Paul Rudd in it. 
No, that's... That's Clueless. I thought that was... Wait, I thought that was uh, Legally Blonde. No. Wait, Paul Rudd, he's like her like stepbrother mm-hmm. or something. Oh, okay, I have seen Clueless. Did say. I watch it with you? I don't know. I might have. I think you I watched might it. You either watch it with me or you watch it with your sister. I've never seen it with Emma, so I think I watched it with you. <laughs> so, what do you think of the sci fi uh, of this film? As if. Oh my god. What do you think of the sci fi of this film? Whoa. Just whoa. The effects were good. Are you being sincere? No, they were. Oh, okay. The practical effects are yeah. pretty good. For 1999? 1999. Yeah. This is before Star Wars. Ooh. The most revolutionizing uh, CGI. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't look up force speed or whatever. You know you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't want to know. Do you? No. Do you remember in the, in the like the beginning of the Phantom Menace where Obi Wan and Qui Gon are just like we must go down that hallway and they're just like, whoosh, like they literally blur out across the screen. Like in Twilight. I'll, You're gonna make me pull up the video for this. Oh my god. No, it's like in Twilight. Literally. Just no, like Twilight. I enjoyed the um I enjoyed the sci sci fi aspect of it. I thought it was pretty it's pretty classic. It was alright. Yeah. So it's like not bad, not bad. I just remember the first time I ever watched this film, I watched it on the sci fi channel. Ooh. And I was just like, What is this? What was the plot of the movie? Have you ever seen this before, before I showed it to you? Uh, no. You showed it to me, like, earlier this year, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those movies where, like, you were flip channels through, and it just so happens to be on, and you catch the middle of it, and you're like, Wow. I think I'll watch this. Commercials and all. Commercials and all. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. Do you think it's an iconic 90s horror classic? Mmm. I wouldn't say iconic, but it is good in its own way. Yeah. It's very, um, what's that one movie? It's, I was gonna, gonna say Body Snatchers, but, um, God, I can't remember what the movie is, but it has that iconic line where he's like, I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of gum. It's that movie. Basically, he, he only he can see that people are aliens, or whatever, like, yeah, the main character. Is that, like, with Bruce Willis? I don't... No, it's not Bruce Willis. It's, um... I'm here to chew <laughs> bubblegum movie. <laughs> they Live. They Live. Mm. Which came out in 1988. Mm. And basically, his thing is... He can see... Like, he... One day he wakes up and, like, people around him can, like... He can see that they're aliens, mm-hmm. you know? If I'm, Like, he sees their alien faces. I think I've seen something like that. And no one else sees it. Mm-hmm. And so he just starts killing people and, like, actual aliens. And I think regular people are, like, mm-hmm. getting involved. Like, oh, you can't, you gotta stop killing people. And aliens are like, <laughs> people. I think movies about assimilation are so fucking scary to me. A what? Isn't it assimilation or assimilation? Assimilation? Yeah, that word. They're so <sighs> scary to me, bro. <laughs> Okay. Don't make fun of me. I did the same thing. I, I was talking some bullshit. But they're so scary to me. Like, I... Like, not having a safe place to go and not, like, trusting people. Like, that's so fucking scary. Until you, Fairfix. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Okay, I think I'll save the rest of my questions for the end. Are you ready to get into it? Alright. You ready? The faculty. The faculty. So, we open with a football practice as Coach Joe Willis, played by Robert Patrick. If you don't know who that is, he was in The Terminator. The Terminator. Were you surprised? Uh, yeah, honestly. I was like, whoa. I know him. I know that guy. So, we see him chewing out his team, especially the young QBs. Stan. Yeah. Stan the man. Stan. Played by Sean. Dad? Stan. Coach tells him he needs to get his head in the game or get off his field. Oh. Gotta get your head in the game. You gotta go. What? That's what that's what inspired High School Musical. This movie. Gotta get your head in the game. So write that down, write that down. Also Usher's in this movie. Usher, Usher. <laughs> Every time he walks on screen, Usher, Usher. Shut the fuck up. Anyway, I really love nineties horror movies with like random rappers, bro. That's why Halloween H2O is my favorite Halloween mm, movie. Mm, 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 <laughs> Cause mm, baby the parasites got us having mm, fallen in love mm, again. Cause baby also, Usher is like in the front of the poster, but he probably has like twelve minutes of screen time, maybe, maybe even less. I just want to say, in terms of Usher's popularity, there's a there's a Minecraft parody of that song that, that has more me. that has more views on YouTube than the actual that song. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. There's the same thing with uh I'm pretty sure unless I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty sure but uh another parody same guy by the way mm-hmm. uh has more views of Coldplay's Viva La Vida than actual Viva La Vida like the audio for it yeah So do you remember that Fergie song that's like Everybody Let's play some basketball <laughs> Do you remember that? And Christian! Listen! Gets. <laughs> listen, listen. Do you, okay, do you remember that Fergie song that was like. Um, I only know like That talks two about like LA. Fergie. She's like, la, 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 la. No. Everybody goes. Okay, well, anyway. I only know like two songs with Fergie. Uh, but anyway. And they're both with the Black I Eyes. listened to that parody version of that. Where it would go, everybody has Ebola, and I don't know Whoa. what. Whoa. I know, Whoa. I know, I know, controversial. I know. <laughs> do, 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 but yeah, that's, I would listen to that all the time, so I feel like that that's the same thing. When, when Sahara was edgy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, after Coach kind of like kicks off everybody on the field... Coach kind of goes into like a fucking tailspin because I guess this team sucks. I guess <sighs> I don't know, but he flips a fucking the bench over, <sighs> and we see him like struggle with like a sprinkler when someone approaches him, and we don't see what happens to Coach, but we definitely know he's our first victim. Mm-hmm. Dun dun dun. Womp womp. What'd you think of that, Christian? Um. Wow. I don't know, just, it starts, like, that quick, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, normally, like, you would expect, like, it to be, like, a, towards the end of, like, mm-hmm. the first act. Yeah. But it, like, starts right in the beginning. Oh, yeah, most of. So, we then not so smoothly cut to a teacher meeting in a teacher's lounge as Principal Drake talks about the budget and how the school isn't getting new stuff or fancy class trips or even money for the school musical. 
which is so sad because kids really need that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. One of the teachers fights back by telling Jake that there's some somehow money in the budget for new football uniforms. And I never understood why they didn't just distribute the money to other things that are benefiting the school. Because obviously, if, like, the football is, like, your cash thing, mm-hmm. would you not distribute the money to other things? Football? Besides just football? Yeah, You no. know what I mean? I don't understand. Clearly, whether... you've never been to a high school in the South. But I'm ever. just saying, like, why would you not distribute the money that way? No, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Anyway, Drake argues that they live in a football town, and that's where all the school's money's coming and going. As Drake gets up and leaves, she reminds him that this is just what the school board wants and that her hands are tied. We see all the teachers leave for the night as Miss Olsen pleads with Drake to let the kids put on a musical. And Drake is like, oh, all right, but use the same props from last year's musicals. I'm like, wouldn't you do that anyway? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drake tells Olsen to have a good night, but remember she forgot her keys inside and has to go back into the school. Good for them. So she's walking into the dark school again, creepy as hell. And I, But I think it's really cute that Drake is humming the musical that Olsen wants to put on, which means that if she has the means to give everyone a budget, she would. She just comes off as a cold, hard, like, person. And I love that we see that when she's alone, she really does care about her faculty and their needs. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, she's also walking in the back of her office in a very dark hallway. Wow. It's really spooky. Very spooky. I would never do that. You I'd would? like, fuck them keys. So I was like, bye. <laughs> bye keys. Goodbye. So while searching for her keys, she hears a noise and she goes to investigate, which like, why? Why? When she finds nothing, she goes back to her office to grab her keys, only to get cornered by the coach. And she asks the coach what he needs, and he's like, oh, you know, you look pretty. And she's like, have you been drinking? And he's like, nah, I just wanted to ask you a question. Like, looks over at her desk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at first like we think that like he's eyeing like the scissors or whatever mm-hmm. so thank props to the film for subverting our expectations mm-hmm. but anyway he asked if he can like have a pencil and she's like uh and she thinks that he's asking for something else and thinks like he's drunk and she's like uh what whatever you got going on just go sleep it off and drake tries to drake <laughs> tries to walk away and but he stops and tells her he's like i really need a pencil and drake is in frustration give uh, and not drake but then the teacher uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, I misread that. Drake tries to walk away, mm-hmm. but he stops and tells her that he... he stopped, The coach stops her and tells her that he really needs a pencil. And Drake, in frustration, gives him a whole stack of pencils and tells him to go home. Drake tries to leave again, but the coach stops her and tells her that she just looks pretty tonight. And Drake tells him that this is an embarrassment and you better watch his step. Heck yeah, an sister. Oh, this is harassment. I'm sorry. I Christian's can't read. high as fuck, y'all. Whee! This is harassment. You better watch your step. I said, hell yeah! Woo! And Coach then grabs her hand and stabs her with a uh, stabs her with one of the pencils, mm-hmm. and he takes it out and looks at, like this bloody pencil, and he tells her, he's like, I always wanted to do that. What? And Drake, being a fighter, like gets her keys like in attack mode, and scratches Coach's face, and is able to run away. And so she runs towards the door, only to find that it's been chained and locked up. And she tries to go to the other doors, and he sees that all of them are locked like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the coach just starts to tease her through the loudspeaker. Mm-hmm. And so Drake runs and hides in the back of a supply closet and tries to get the window open, but Coach catches up to her. And Drake is able to get him off of her by smashing a beaker on his head and having a pair of scissors to use as a weapon. And so Drake then sees Olsen, and she's like, hey, sorry, I forgot my grade book, as Drake is like pleading with her to help her get out. And, that the, and then uh, the coach like attacks her, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this old lady is just like, oh dear. And yeah. she, she's like, Drake is I bleeding. I know, I know. She's like, oh my gosh, 
let me go get help. And so Olsen's like, I'll, I'll go get help. But Drake begs her not to go and leave her alone. And Olsen asks, like, what happened to her keys? And Drake uh, turns around to find that she's no longer being pursued and tells Olsen that the keys are in her office. So Drake tells her that she's going to try and get her keys, but Olsen tells her to just let her get help. And Drake goes back anyway, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we see Drake carefully go back to her office and find her keys. But Olsen screams, like, coaches back in a hurry. So uh, when Drake gets out of the office, she sees Coach standing in the hallway with his head openly bleeding from, like, the scuffle before. Mm -hmm. And so Drake runs to her door and tries to unlock the chain herself while Coach is running towards her. And she, like, drops her keys. But miraculously, she's, like, able to make it back outside of the door and tries to chain it back up and trap Coach in. And uh, she drops the scissors or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so you think Coach is about to take them from her, but Drake slides them away with her feet and she asks Olsen to help her close the door. And so they're both able to get Coach, like, trapped in the school. Like, they open the door and get him and close it behind him. Mm -hmm. And when Drake thinks she's safe, she's betrayed by Olsen, who has grabbed the scissors and just starts stabbing her, like, over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so Olsen and Coach just menacingly stare at each other and she tells him that, oh, I always wanted to do that title card what do you think of that that was crazy man and you don't even know i mean i know olsen really shook me i said (gasps) yeah (laughs) so at school the next which begs the question was she the first one i'm kidding no it was she might have been it was coach i thought well how would you have gotten olsen then whenever whenever she was obviously then the area so she probably genuinely did forget her grade book he probably turned her there like after she went to go get help Mm. get help that's crazy. At school the next day, where all the students are gathered in the courtyard talking to friends, we see a loud 1970 Pontiac GTO make its way through the crowd. And it's not running anyone over, but I think it's very obnoxious how fast he's going. <laughs> the GTO takes up two parking spaces, and we meet the driver, Zeke Tyler, played by Josh Harnett, who stuffs pens into his pants and walks over to start his school day. We then see a bus dropping off a bunch of kids, and one of them is Casey Connor, played by one and only guy, Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. Casey, while checking out some girls, gets elbowed in the face and ends up with a nosebleed. One of the witnesses is Stokely, played by Clea Duvall, and she tells him to crash and burn. Everyone kind of watches these two girls fight, and Stokely walks right into Stan, and he asks if she's okay, and she tells him to watch where he's going, and Stan's like, you ran into me, beast. And I would literally legit cry if some guy said that to me. We then meet Delilah Prophet, played by Jordana Brewster, and she talks to her clique about their outfits as Stan goes up to kiss her, but she tells him no because her makeup is expensive and took forever to do. Real. Real. She was talking about, like, uh, the actual makeup she did for the movie. Oh, well. Stan then asks if they can talk, and she tells him that she's busy because she's running the school's paper. He tells her that he definitely got a story she can run, and she's like, leave the smarts to me. Like, honey, do you even like your boyfriend? Like, she's so mean to him. Perhaps. I never understood the whole, like, let's get together because this will impress our friends. Like, why would you not go out with someone you liked? Or, like, genuinely wanted to spend more time with. Mm-hmm. I never did get why people did that. Yeah. I'm just like, why? This sounds terrible. Stan goes inside with his football buddies as we see Casey get bullied by a bunch of guys who ram him into a flagpole and leave him there in pain as new girl Mary Beth Louise, played by Laura Harris, as she asks two girls where the front office is. The girls just point inside, and Mary Beth is like, oh, thank you, ladies, and just being a sweet Southern belle that she is. 
So we see our homeboy Zeke. He's made his way to the boys' bathroom as he passes these two guys, uh, their fake IDs that I guess he made for them. Mm -hmm. And so one of them complains that it doesn't even look like him and he doesn't think that it'll work. But Zeke's like, hey, I'm a genius, okay? And one of the guys tells Zeke, uh, he's like, but you're repeating 12th grade. Dude, if you had to repeat 12th grade. Fucking kill myself. So I was like, I'm dropping. I might as well get my GED, bro. Dude, I would never. Dude, what I heard from our high school, dude, Mm -hmm. everyone was like, even if you were failing, Miss Boyles found a way to push you on stage, bro. Or Dr. Boyles, whatever. I probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Our principal. <laughs> she's not She's not there anymore, though, so I guess it don't matter. Yeah. Like She retired. Yeah. She did all that, got her doctorate, and then, like, four years later, retired. Good Dude's for her. Real. Anyway, but, yeah, uh, they, uh, they would do anything to get you to graduate because it looked bad on them if people weren't able to graduate. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and so Zeke, like, sweetens a deal for his customers by throwing these, like, p- him these pens that he made with this drug that he has called scat, which I thought that meant, like, I thought that was slang for, like, poop. It is. Whatever. And so, in that same bathroom, we see that Casey's in a stall fixing his bleeding nose, but he's able to, like, hear this whole interaction. Mm-hmm. And we cut back to the uh, back to the hallway and see Mr. Tate, the same teacher who wanted to take the class to New York. Uh, he walks inside the teacher's lounge, and we see the sick school nurse played by Salma Hayek, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, as she fixes up one of her colleagues' hands. And so we see Coach in the corner just drinking water as we see another teacher has also joined the table, Miss Burke, as the school nurse tells everyone that she doesn't want to go home because she's saving her sick days, which I feel, dude. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I get that. And so we basically get a, get a glimpse of all the teacher's dynamics in the scene because uh, one of the teachers has a crush on the school nurse, one of the teachers is getting too old and should retire, Mr. Tate is, like, putting alcohol in his coffee, just getting for the rest of the day. Which, by the way, there's already been a couple, like, teachers this year across the state who have, uh... Quit? No, who've uh, gotten arrested for, like, drinking or being drunk on the job. That's crazy. One was a sixth-grade teacher, one was a third-grade teacher. That's crazy. I just hear that a lot of, like, I guess the kids are built different. (laughs) I get it, at the same time, like, bruh. Anyway. But, um... And so, one of them points out, they're like, oh, Principal Drake's been missing all morning. And one of them is, like, noticing that Coach has just been standing by the water cooler, just downing drink after drink. But they chalk it up to, like, oh, maybe it's just a pregame ritual. As Mrs. Olsen walks in. And Coach tells Olsen that she looks really pretty today, as we notice that Coach's scratches from last night's scuffle have healed and are only scars now. And so we cut to Miss Burke's English class, as she shyly asks about the book that they're reading. And honestly, Sahara, what do you remember about high school? Like, do you remember it being, like, cutthroat? No, you you were I fine. Just, I mean, I wouldn't say I was fine. I remember being like. So I was like, I get bullied. Let me just get through today, but it was just every day. Every day. Just let me get through the day. Just let me live. Mm-hmm. From seven a.m. to four p.m. Just let me live. Mm-hmm. If I could just go home, you know. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I just remember thinking like, I just need to get through the rest. Of the I day. just gotta one one day more. What? What did put about you? Ah, uh, I was pretty chill. Only tried to kill myself once, so. Oh my god, Christian. Do you want me to cut that? It's, yeah, if you want. It's up to you. It's up to you. I'm fine. I'm a big boy. <laughs> Sewer slide. So anyway, Zeke answers the question, and Miss Burke thinks he's got a great mind for literature. If you think, if you watch this film, and you think Miss Burke looks a little familiar, it is because she is, I want to say finicky. It's Dame Judy Dunch. Oh my god. No, she plays Jean Grey in the X-Men with, like, uh, what's-his-face? What's-his-face? Hugh Jackman. 
Okay. He didn't like those X Men movies. No, I mean he's uh, no. He made it sound like he wasn't in every other X Men movie though. I guess that's true. With um um, what's his name? Hugh Jackman. And I'm like, yeah, he's kind of been in all of them. Okay, so. fuck you. So we then cut to Stan, who is at his locker as Stan. he sees Delilah and goes to talk to her. And he asks to hang out, but she can't because she's too busy. And he asks her what about tomorrow, and she's confused because there's a football game tomorrow. So how could he have time to spend time with her? Hey there, Delilah. He tells her that he's quitting the team, and Delilah, confused and a little worried, asks Dan what made him want to quit the team. And he tells her that he's been weighing the importance of being the jock. Delilah expresses that she worries about him not getting a football scholarship and getting out of this town, but he tells her that if he quits, he will have more time to work and study harder, and that he would rather go to college based on his intellect, not what he can bring out on the field. And I think that's really honorable for someone who's like 17 or 18 to really like consider something and be like, yeah, this doesn't make me happy nor fulfill me anymore. I want to do something else. And even if everyone is against that, I think that's like really huge. Mm-hmm. It gets brought up, like, over and over that Stan is not thinking about his future, but if anything, he's the only one considering his future, since he put a lot of thought into where he wants to be and not because of what people tell him or expect him to be at. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Really admirable, I would say. Especially at, like, such a young age, you know? Because mm-hmm. in high school, all you want to do is impress the people that you're around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Delilah harshly points out that Stan sucks at studying and that he should stick to football because he's good at football. Stan argues that he has always been good at any sport he has he has been in, put into and wants to try something he's not good at and wants to challenge himself. Delilah disagrees and asks him what is she supposed to do while he's on the yellow brick road in search of a brain. Honestly, that line eight, I won't lie. Uh-huh. She tells them that's not how high school works. The head cheerleaders date the star quarterbacks, not nerd wannabes. And Stan tells her to not be superficial. And she's like, oh, well, that's a big word. And you're on your way, Stan. I think Delilah's a huge bitch, bro. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I think it's really interesting that her whole character is based on what others view her as and not someone who views herself. And I cannot imagine how exhausting that must be for her. Mm-hmm. And I know every kid goes through, like, this stage. But looking back on it, why would you not want to, like do things that make you happy and like why waste your time trying to press what will essentially become strangers once you graduate you know mm-hmm. also delilah is smart and is editor-in-chief of the school newspaper so would that not also make her a nerd who's to say <laughs> i call him a nerd oh my goodness stan disappointingly walks away as the bell rings because he was hoping that delilah would be on his side for once we then cut to Mr. Tate drinking his special coffee as he tells the class to turn to Chapter 4 in their textbooks. But Stan tells him that they are actually in Chapter 5, Chapter five and Tate is like, chapter whatever. Fight. We see that Stokely was staring at Stan while Mary Beth was staring at Stokely, which Stokely does notice. We then cut to outside as we see Mary Beth walking up to Stokely and sitting next to her as she asks what she is reading, and it is The Double Star by Robert Hanlon. Which is about an actor who impersonates a politician and becomes an interplanetary leader. Interplanetary? Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Which I thought was interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Quite. What do you think? I thought it was very on the nose. You think so? I mean, like... I guess if you haven't seen it before, you wouldn't have noticed, but, like... Well, like, if you just know what the book is. Because whenever I see a book on screen, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it's probably going to be about... Like, a book is, is mm-hmm. pr- prominent on screen. Mm-hmm. I usually am like, oh, okay, so it's about the movie. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Mary Beth's ath is Stokely is into science fiction, and when Stokely doesn't answer, Mary Beth just keeps talking and introducing herself. 
She tells Stokely that she's feeling pretty alien today because mm. she is new and she has just moved here from Atlanta. Alien, huh? <laughs> Stokely, who's suspicious of Mary Beth, asks her why she's even talking to her, and Mary Beth confesses that she doesn't have any friends and it seems neither does Stokely. But before Stokely can say anything, Delilah comes up to the table and tells Stokely to stop seducing the new girl as Delilah introduces herself to Mary Beth. And so Delilah then makes fun of Stokely's clothes and tells her that, that it gives people a bad rep. And Mary Beth is just confused and asks what people. And Delilah tells her that uh, Stokely is a violent lesbian. Whoa. Whoa. I remember that used to be like an insult. Major homophobia there. Yeah. And Stokely like gets up and, and leaves and pushes Di- Delilah out of the way. As Delilah uses that as proof that Stokely is violent. Like, see? She's violent. <laughs> and so we then cut to an empty football field. And we see that Casey is having lunch alone on the bleachers. And while walking the field, he notices that something is, like, in the grass. And he picks it up, and only to get spooked by Coach, who's like, what are you doing? And so Casey then asks him, he's like, oh, you know, I was just having lunch. And Coach is like, my field isn't a cafeteria. And Casey's like, what happened again? And he just goes to walk away. But uh, Coach stops him and asks for his name and tells him that. He's like, hey, I've seen you around. I notice you don't play any sports. And uh, Casey's like, oh, well, you know, I don't believe in running unless I'm being chased. And Coach uh, likes the idea of Casey being chased, but, you know, tells him to get, to get lost. And uh, Casey speed walks away from the coach as fast as he can. Which, I just want to say, like, speed walking away from someone over a long distance is so embarrassing, bro. <laughs> he's like, <sighs> like, looking back and see how far he's gone. I'm like, oh, you've gone ten yards. Back with Stokely as she makes her way back inside the school, she makes this weird eye contact with Mrs. Olsen that gives her a weird vibe, but Stokely continues to get her some water from the fountain as she overhears Mrs. Olsen talk to Mrs. Brummel, which is one of the older teachers that everyone was saying needs to retire. Hooray! Stokely continues to watch as she gets a bad feeling as she sees Mrs. Olsen close the door without breaking eye contact with Stokely. Stokely- Prolonged eye contact. Stokely, freaked out, starts to walk away only for the second time today to run into Stan. Stokely tells him to get a seeing-eye dog since it seems like he keeps running into her, and Stan again argues that she bumped into him and that she would be a lot more aware if she didn't paint her eyes shut. You know, because she's the goth girl. Mm-hmm. We then cut to Casey going to his science teacher to show him what he found on the football field. We then see that Mary Beth and Stokely are also in this class and are waiting for class to start. Mary Beth asks her if they want to be lab partners. Mary Beth then brings up that Stokely is a lesbian and that she has never met one before and she finds it fascinating. Mary Beth tries to tell her that she thinks it's really brave that Stokely has come out in the 90s, especially given the social climate at the time. And Stokely is like, I'm not a lesbian. I'm not a lesbian. Mary Beth is like, oh, well, you should be one and be free. And Stokely getting tired of Mary Beth tells her. So do you like, oh, well, you should be one, be free. (laughs) I'd be like, bitch. Excuse me. Mary Beth tells her that she was right about not having friends because she prefers it that way. She tells Mary Beth that being a lesbian is her security. And Mary Beth asks against what? And Stokely tells her from people like herself. We then cut to the science teacher looking at what Casey brought in through a microscope as he tells the class that whatever this is only exists in the kidney of certain squid and octopi. Octopi. Which really confuses him because they're in a landlocked state and that this organism is of sea-dwelling origin. Science teacher points out that he doesn't even recognize the surface tissue. And I would just like to point out that Casey picked this thing up with his bare hands as... And if it were me, I'd be scrubbing the hell out of my hands. Literally. Oh, my goodness. 
science teacher, getting excited, tells Casey that he may have found a new species. And Usher, who's also in this class, just scoffs like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Zeke then comes up to look as well, since this also fascinates him, and doubts that Casey found a new species. Mary Beth points out that Zeke must know everything as he checks this unknown species underbelly. Casey asks his teacher what this all means, and science teacher excitedly tells him that it means they get to call the university and have them take a look, and if they're lucky, they get a piece of some of that college grant money. Science teacher then takes the unknown species onto a tray, and while Usher teases Stokely, she shoves him, causing water to fall on the unknown specimen, which Usher, makes it react. Casey and the rest of the class look to see why the species is now moving, and science teacher takes it away, and Casey asks what this means, and science teacher tells him that it seems like water resuscitated it and puts it into a tank full of water to see what it will do. Everyone watches this thing start swimming and also growing, which starts to freak everyone out, as science teacher tells him that it's alright. And I just thought that this cannot be safe. Science teacher then puts on some gloves, and Usher asks what's he going to do, and science teacher explains that since the surface level of this water has changed, he wants to check this creature's prostate. Why? (laughs) Putting your finger up some squid ass. Mm. Science teacher explains that he wants to feel it, and while he's trying to grab it from the tank, the teacher ends up splitting in two, which fascinates the teacher as he explains to us that it can replicate. The creature then decides to bite the teacher and starts bleeding as Casey points out that the teacher, to the teacher that the creature has teeth that it never had before. Mm-hmm. And so we then cut to the school swimming pool as we see Stan talk to the coach about quitting the football team. And coach takes it surprisingly well and Stan's like, that's it? Coach is like, what do you want me to say? You're quitting the team the day before we play another school that's just as good as us? And coach then tells Stan that it seems that he's just going through some life-changing stuff. And who am, he's like, who am I to stand in the way of that? And he tells Stan to do what he needs to do. And Stan's like, okay, cool, thanks for not chewing me, chewing me out. And coach is like, what kind of human being would I be if I did that? And that's exactly what someone who isn't human would say. Yeah, for real. You know, like, not before game day. <laughs> and so we cut to the boys' locker room as Usher and his friend Bully. <laughs> I love we're just calling him Usher. Well, his name is Gabe, but it's Usher. <laughs> Usher, Usher. Uh, Usher and his friend bully Casey until Stan comes in and distracts his teammates about the game. After they leave, Casey tells Stan it must be hard being him, and Stan's like, oh, you have no idea. And so the, we so we then see Stan take a very like open shower, you know, like in front of everybody. And we see the shadow, uh, and then come someone like slowly creeping towards him while he has soap on his face. And dude, I've had that exact like fear before. I'm like, oh my god, I, I think I hear something while I'm scrubbing my face. I'm like, where are you? <laughs> and so after that, after Sam, that uh, Stan, he senses that someone's out there. He thinks it's Casey and calls out to him, but no one answers. And so Stan like washes his face to get the soap out of his eyes, and he looks out and he still sees that no one's there. But then we get this like jump scare by Mrs. Brummel, that like old teacher by mm-hmm. the way, who's in the shower with Stan and like slowly ripping her clothes off, asking like him to help her because she can't breathe. What would you do in that situation? I'd fucking back the fuck away, the fuck? And so Casey is like, comes in. What would you do? I'd be like, what the fuck? Because you're naked, this teacher's coming in. I would have been like, ma'am. Taking her clothes off. Ma'am. And And so Casey comes in to check the commotion, but Stan tells him to get out as like Miss Brummel like grabs on the Stan. And we see that her face is covered in blisters and like peeling off. And she like warns that they're coming and they want everyone. And Stan tries to comfort her as best as he can, still naked by the way. Mm -hmm. When he rubs uh, her hair, a chunk of it falls off as well with her scalp. You know, and 
I would have thrown up. I would have been like, oh, <laughs> dry heaving. And so we then cut, uh, cut to Stan, like, talking to Mrs. Olsen in the office, asking if Mrs. Brummel will be okay. And Olsen explains that Brummel's been diagnosed with cancer and that she is on a lot of medication that causes disorientation. And so while Olsen is explaining everything that's going on with Mrs. Brummel, we see that Casey is in the office as well listening to this. But when he looks out the window and onto the field, he sees that Coach is just standing there in the middle of the field while the sprinklers are going on. Olsen then asks both Stan and Casey if they can keep quiet about this incident, but Casey doesn't hear this as he is taking a picture of Coach as he is just standing there continuing to get wet. Olsen asks Casey again if he understands, and he tells her sure thing. We then cut to Zeke at his car, making another deal for a quick buck after his customers leave. We have a shy English teacher, Mrs. Burke, comes up to him and tells him that he can't sell stuff on school property. Zeke is like, well, technically I'm sitting in my car, so this is my property. Miss Burke then informs him that some students have told her that he's also selling mind-altering substances on school property as well. Like, nah. She then asks if he wants to tell her about it or would he rather take it up with Principal Drake. Zeke tells Burke that she's too stressed and he knows exactly what she needs. Burke, Burke argues that he needs to start treating her like an authority figure. He tells her that uh, he has a gentle relief for blockage caused by dietary stress. Basically saying that she's, you know, she's got a stick over her ass. Mm-hmm. Burke tells him that he didn't have to repeat his senior year, and that if he only applied at least 5% of what whatever this is to his studies, then he wouldn't be here. And it's kind of implied here that their relationship is a little bit more than a teacher-slash-student, since they both seem both to, like, care about the other. And Zeke does show a little bit of remorse for hurting Miss Burke's feelings, because she kind of walks away after poor, that. Poor Miss Burke. I know. Back in school, we see Delilah and Casey as they talk about needing a cover story for the front of the paper. Casey tells her about the creature they discovered in their biology class as Casey notices that more cases of water are being shipped to the school than normal. Delilah tells him that that's not good enough for the front cover, and Casey asks what her problem with him is, and she tells him nothing. She's just upholding the high school caste system of standards as they break into the faculty lounge. Casey asks her what exactly are they looking for. Delilah says anything they can use as they go searching through teacher stuff in the name of journalism. Mm -hmm. Casey finds Mr. Tate's flask, and Delilah tells him that's so last year's news, and no one cares anymore, and certainly not his wife who left him for the babysitter. And that's so sad, and Mm -hmm. I would start drinking too. (laughs) Casey tells her that she can be cool sometimes if she wasn't so mean, and Delilah's like, oh, are you flirting with me? And Casey's like, no, I just think you're cool sometimes. Delilah smiles at him, and he starts to smile back when he sees a shadow right outside the door, so he pulls Delilah with him into a nearby closet to hide from the coach and Mrs. Olsen. The two are there just to get some water, but instead of drinking it, they just kind of pour it into their faces as Olsen asks what happened to Mrs. Brummel. Coach tells her that she didn't make it because her body was too old, and the heat ended up getting to her. We hear Olsen warn Coach, and to mind his climate since it compromises his nervous system, which makes him impulsive. Mm-hmm. Coach asks Olsen if all the faculty have been commuted, and Olsen tells him almost more than half. Coach then asks the same of the students, and Olsen tells him soon. As the two further to plot, the, the school nurse walks in, and she asks if they, what they're still doing after hours as she gets her bag ready to leave for the day. She takes some more drugs for her cold as Olsen decides that this is a perfect opportunity as Casey and Delilah watch from the closet. Olsen closes the door as the coach corners her, backing her up into the closet that Casey and Delilah are hiding in. Coach tells her that that he has a pain right here as he grabs her face and pushes her to the couch. The nurse screams for help as the coach's face gets all veiny and gross and puts something in the nurse's ear. 
Casey and Delilah both freak out by what they just saw. Delilah hunkers down as Mrs. Brummel's body falls on top of her. Mm-hmm. Hearing the commotion, the coach and Olsen look at the closet as Casey tries to keep Delilah quiet as she starts whimpering and freaking out. Coach then opens the door, but Casey is able to get them away by pushing a broom as Delilah ambushes Olsen by pushing her over to escape. The school nurse, who's lying on the floor, is able to grab onto Delilah's leg as she can't run, but Casey pulls her free as they run out of the school. They run into Drake as she asks them why they're running, and they both explain that Coach and Olsen killed the school nurse and Mrs. Brummel and that they have to call someone. So Mr. Tate then joins the conversation and is really confused, like, why these kids are freaking out, and Casey explains that he knows about Mrs. Brummel and the incident in the shower and how they found her body in the faculty closet and how Coach and Olsen attacked the school nurse. And Drake calmly like asks them like why the coach and Olson would do something like that. As Nurse Harper and the coach and Olson all step out of the faculty lounge calmly, Drake tells the kids now they can get to the bottom of this. And so Delilah pieces together that all the teachers are in on it, and Casey tells her to run. And I just want to uh, point out that for mm-hmm. home invaders, I'm sure that these kids run away from them a lot. Mm-hmm. And so the next scene is just Elijah Wood slipping and falling, by the way, and it doesn't add anything, but it's just a little funny. Um, seeing a little hobbit do his bounces. And so Casey and Delilah uh, thought their best course of action would be to call, to pol- call the police, mm-hmm. which I just want to point out, like, a lot of horror movies try to steer clear of that for some reason mm-hmm. and make it seem like the police can't help them, but, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. So th- Like, in this way, like, it makes sense of why the police can't help mm-hmm. them. So the police check the closet and they find a CPR doll and everyone include and, uh, and they accuse everyone, including Casey's parents, of lying. And so Casey's parents parents think that after this incident that, he, that Casey may need therapy. So after the police leave, Casey's mom tries to apologize, and Principal Drake is like, it's alright, maybe we should just speak privately. And Casey is like, uh-uh, no way. Uh, mom, I'll go see the therapist, because he knows that mm-hmm. he's going to try and turn his mom. And he's like, I just want to leave. And we cut to Casey's house as his parents go through his room searching for drugs, and his dad tells him that he's like, you know, I love you, and even though he's searching all, through all of his stuff, mm-hmm. and Casey's like, I, I know what I saw, you know, you gotta, you gotta believe me. And his dad just tells him, like, not to push it, and Casey's like, alright, well, let me just call Delilah. And we see that, like, Casey has pictures of Delilah on his wall, which is real real creep behavior. Fucking creep, And his dad is like, okay, privileges are gone, so no phone. And I understand why he's getting punished, but, like... I don't. It's like your kid's freaking out. Something had to have happened. I was gonna say, like, I understand why, like, how they, what they may be thinking about, but, like, you know, it's worth looking into. No, for real. Like, don't just disregard him like that. No, for real. And so his dad keeps taking things away and tells Casey that he'll go to school and then home again. And Casey's like, I'm not going back there. And his parents is like, oh, yes, you are. And his mom, who's been watching this whole thing, by the way, is like, we're gonna get you help, so don't worry. As his parents, like, leave Casey alone in his room. And so he immediately gets on his computer, and I guess he has this, like, camera mm-hmm. to keep watch for him, but he tries to, like, sneak out the window and he sees three figures standing outside his front lawn that look a lot like Coach Olsen and Principal Drake. Casey, freaked out, loses his footing on the roof and falls off. When he lands, he sees Mrs. Olsen try to grab him when his father comes outside and asks what he's doing. And Casey tries to explain that they are here, but no one is to be seen, and his father angrily tells him to get inside because he thinks that Casey was just trying to sneak out. You know, if the invaders really wanted to, I don't see why they didn't just attack as many people as possible in their sleep. Mm-hmm. So the next day at school, we see Casey get dropped off as he begs his dad not to let him go. I don't understand how any parent would be okay with this. Like, say this is like the real world, you know, and it's like not normal for your child to suddenly not want to do something and begs to go somewhere. Like, this is like textbook signs of like abuse and stuff. So I don't understand 
why his parents wouldn't recognize that like I get it it's just a movie and like you know parents are supposed to be dumb and stuff but like this is literally neglect Mm -hmm. oh my goodness Casey then sees that the coach has approached his car and um, is talking to his dad we see that his dad uh, looks at Casey as they watch him go inside the school and do you think that got to Casey's parents do I think so Mm -hmm. I don't know honestly it's hard to say I don't know. Just the way that uh, Casey's dad looks at him, like, he kind of has the same look as, like, Coach does. I'm like, I'm thinking that that's probably what happened. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, why didn't they attack Casey? Like, no, I that, gotcha. You know, when he was alone with them. It doesn't make any sense. So, as Casey walks the halls and keeps checking his surroundings, when he runs into Delilah, who looks like a nerd... Hey there, Delilah, once in She pulls Casey into the bathroom as Jake calls for students into her office over the intercom. Delilah explains that she's using her nerd look as a disguise so the invaders don't recognize her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess. <laughs> Delilah thinks they should go to the police, and Casey tells her that they already got to the police, and Delilah argues that they don't know what they got. And I think this argument is so dumb because exactly they don't know what you got that should that not scare you no, like I <laughs> while Delilah and Casey argue back and forth about why they're here and what their motive is Delilah decides that she needs to leave the bathroom and do something Casey asks what she's going to do and she tells him that she's going to find Stan Stan we then cut to the teacher's lounge as all the teachers try to keep cool and hydrated with as much water as possible which I'm noticing is a trend mm-hmm. by the way so there was coach just downing water and mm-hmm. then saying the sprinkler and you know with the alien being in the water mm-hmm. yeah so it, it is a, it needs water mm-hmm. which it's just giving us warning signs as the film tells us that all the teachers have been successfully turned we then cut to class as Olsen starts calling students into the office through the intercom as Stokely stares at Stan, who is trying hard to study. Mary Beth tells her that she should just talk to him, and Stokely thinks that's a bad idea, but as they're walking past his desk, Mary Beth pushes Stokely into Stan. And can I just say that my friend would lo- do this to me all the fucking time whenever I told her I had a crush on a dude? You? Yeah. Nah, you never got pushed into me. Anyway. I didn't have to convince you for anything, babe. Did you want me to get pushed into you? I would appreciate it. Oh my god. Stokely apologizes to Stan, and she asks if he's ready for the big game. And Stan confesses to her that he quit. Stokely is surprised to hear this and asks him why, and he tells her that he was just tired of everyone being fake to him and kissing his butt just because he was captain. Stan tells her that he thinks it's unfair that even the teachers would bend over backwards for him, like when he failed a biology test and his teacher changed it to an A. Stan tells her that he worked hard for that D and he deserved that D. I really love Stan's character. Yeah. That he's just like, you know, he's figuring out what, uh... I deserve, Sahara, do you deserve that D? You know, if you study hard and you get the grade that you get, like, I would understand that's like, how would, like... Sahara, do you deserve that D? Shut the fuck up, Christian. (laughs) Stokely smiles at him and tells her that he wishes people would just let him be, and Stokely laughs and says a D student, which makes Stan smile at her as they share a little moment before it gets interrupted by Mr. Tate, who loudly makes his presence known. Hey, Sahara, mm-hmm. this is a high thought, okay, mm-hmm. so don't pay any mind, but like, you know what sounds amazing right now? What? Just like a fuck ton of like gas station hot dogs. Anyway. <laughs> like, we go to the 7-Eleven, just take all the ones off the rollers. 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> then just eat them right there. Like, but embrace my inner Joey Chestnut. Jesus fucking Christ! Did, did you see? Do you have you ever seen one of those like the the hot dog eating competition? No, those those disgust me, dude. Those are so I don't know nasty. how they do it, dude. That is so nasty. That grosses me out. Bro. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they put it away and like not have to go to the hospital. Ugh. He tells the class that they will be writing down the names of all their family members and start off with people living with them and then branch out to the closest relatives that live nearest to them. I'm like, that's not sketch at all. I'd have been like, why? <laughs> why? Why are we doing this? Literally. We then cut to Zeke getting his pens as Mary Beth asks what that is. He tells her it's magic dust and it's hers if she wants it. Mary Beth backs up and tells him that she has a very low tolerance. It explains that she is even allergic to aspirin and that stuff could kill her. And so Mary Beth introduces herself and like Zeke tells her that he, he knows. He's like, I know who you are. And Mary Beth like jokes like, oh, you know everything. And we see a bunch of students are like waiting in line to get into the office. And Stan goes up to Stokely who notices this line too. And he asks like what she, what she, she thinks is going on. And she tells him that she doesn't know, but it's something weird. And so Stan then gets pushed by Usher, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said his real name was Gig or something? Gig, Gabe. Gabe? Gabe? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you said Gig earlier. Whatever. And uh, an Usher, he gets pushed by Usher as he asks Stan if he's mad that he's a new team captain. And Stokely like checks the head, uh, like the head of the long line of students, you know. Mm-hmm. And Stokely notices that whatever is going on, it has to do with the school nurse and Principal Drake as uh, she watches them shut the door with a student inside. And so Stan asks Usher what's going on. He tells him that the nurse is doing some weird ear examination thing. And so Stan then notices that the police are following Mrs. Olson, which raises his suspicion as Delilah catches up to him, telling them that uh, they need to talk. And so Casey, seeing Stokely, asks her for help. Stop moving your cursor around. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're fine. We then cut to Mary Beth and Zeke walking around the courtyard as she tells her his life story. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, we don't need all this. And Zeke notices that some of the students are acting off as he tells Mary Beth that his parents are long gone, too. And so Zeke asks Mary Beth uh, if she sees that people are acting off. And she tells him that she's from the South, and so to me, everyone acts off here. Or uh, here acts off, you know? And so Zeke then gets approached by his customers from yesterday as they ask for more scat. And Zeke tells him that it's $5. Which, do you think that's too expensive or too cheap? Honestly? I feel like that's honestly right on. Like, I wasn't sure. For a I drug like, this dude made in his garage, I said. I feel like, you know, I think it's like a one sniff kind of thing. Like, like would I really want to pay like $5 for this one pen? Yes. And, and what if it doesn't even get you that high, bro? What if you have to take multiple ones? Then you just wasted $5 on some, no, for on real. some scat. And so they uh, they pay and they ask for more and Zeke agrees. He's like, uh, and they tell him like, why don't just give uh, give all of it to us? And they give Zeke the money and he passes them all out like scat pens, all the scat pens that he has on him. And they still ask for more as he hides the ones that he has left in his pocket. And as they ask for if he has like any more in his locker or car. And Zeke laughs and tells him, he's like, hey, you guys need to slow down. But he's like... Uh, but they just tell Zeke not to hold out on them. And so Miss Burke then approaches and she's like completely dropped the whole like I'm shy like uh, act on, on you know mm-hmm. and she just goes like full like like on Zeke you know. Mm-hmm. And so Zeke tells her he's like uh, look I don't have time today and she tells him that she's the one that is not in the, in the mood today. And everyone's just standing around them and they're like ooh. <laughs> and so Zeke like tells Miss Burke uh, he's like oh you know what are you going to do call my mom? And she's like no. Uh, do you even know where she is? Everyone's like, ah. Like, it reminds me of that meme where that one guy, he's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I broke up with my ex girl. Here's her number. 
Psych, that's the wrong number. Is that what he says? Yeah. Oh my fucking god. Oh. You know, get it? Because he's got so many ex-girls. Sorry, that's the wrong number. That's so fucking stupid, man. That was like a whole series, by the way. That was, the early YouTube was the Wild West. Anyway, Ms. proceed. Miss Bird continues to call Zeke worthless and that no one wants him and that she has taken his mistreatment of her for too long. Zeke is like, what are you on? Because homie is low-key getting his feelings hurt. Literally. Burke then tells Zeke that if she sees him selling his little wander dust again, she will shove her, but so far up his ass that he will be sucking her toes till graduation and walks away. Ooh. Do you think she was warning him? Maybe. Like, in a way, to be like, hey. Maybe. <laughs> sucking your toes, you said. Oh, my God. We then cut to Stokely and Casey in the library as he catches her up to what is happening, and she concludes that this all started with Mrs. Brummel when she went wet and wild in the boys' locker room. Casey, wet and wild. Casey tells her that everyone is acting strange, especially the faculty. He's at the thing. Stokely thinks that they all must have turned into pod people, like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So, sometimes I wonder if we should, like keep like a timer for like uh how long it takes them to say the name of the movie yeah. if if they do it all it's so, like the faculty would be like an hour in maybe i think it's probably like 30 minutes we are the avengers endgame oh my god <laughs> stokely says she's joking in case he asks what if it's real and stokely tells him it's just a made-up story that he can find in the sci-fi section of the library casey argues so does schindler's list but that all but that all fiction is based on some truth and that miss burke taught him taught them to write with they know and what if the author of that book wrote about his high school getting taken over by an alien invasion stokely tells him that his theory is flawed because the invasion of the body snatchers is a ripoff of robert Heinlein's the puppet masters and that was that other movie i was trying to think about the very beginning mm -hmm. the body snatchers mm -hmm. did i say that one yeah, I okay so. maybe whatever casey is like whatever you're missing the point and that the invaders are here and that they've been here and they're here again Stokely thinks Casey's being crazy, and he pleads with her to listen that what if all the media they consume, where do the ideas come from? What if all the great directors or authors have been visited by aliens, and that they're all just simply warning us for what is to come? Stokely listens, but sees that the librarian has been staring at them, and holds up a sign that tells them to be quiet. Stokely tell- That's what the librarian says. Oh my god. <laughs> Stokely tells them that this is all just science fiction, and Casey's like, exactly! By the way, this is unrelated, but earlier today, mm -hmm. we were chilling on the couch, mm -hmm. and Sahara heard, like, a sound, and she was like, did you hear that? And I was like, hear what? And, like, it happened again. Like, it was like a beep mm -hmm. or whatever, and we were, like, on our phones, and so she paused her video, and I paused mine or whatever, we were like... Like, we sat and listened for, like, a good minute or whatever, mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't hear anything, and then she, we went back to what we were doing and heard the sound again, and I was like... I realized then that the sound was somewhat like the, in the background of Sahara's video or whatever she was watching. Mm -hmm. It was like the uh, fire or smoke detector low battery beep or whatever, like the beep. Nothing infuriates me more than people not wanting to change their fucking batteries. Literally, back. like, does that not annoy you? Like, change the fucking battery. I, uh, yeah, I had friends on base or whatever, and they'd be like, "It's just really hard because like." It would be in, like, some of the houses that were, like, two-story or whatever, mm -hmm. and it's, like, way up at the top, and you gotta get, like, a ladder to get up there. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, but, like... That shit would piss me off. I'm like, bro, just hit it with, like, a bat or something. So Stokely then sarcastically asks that aliens have been setting them up for years, creating this happy make-believe existence with their E.T. and Men in Black movies so that no one will really believe it when it does happen. Casey's like, yes, you get it, and Stokely's like, 
all right, I'm not buying it, but she thinks mm-hmm. it's a cool little thing that Casey came up with, but she will buy it and entertain him. Stokely then points out that she doesn't quite understand that if aliens are taking people and replacing them, then where are the pods? And Casey tells her that since there are no pods, but there must be something else. Stokely points out that in the Puppet Master, they use parasites instead. We then cut to the two back in the busy school hallway as they catch up with Delilah and Stan, who Delilah has filled him in on everything, which I wish we got to see, like, Stan just, like, took her word for it. Literally. Casey's like, cool, great, Stokely's on something here, too, as well. We then cut to our new Scooby-Doo group go to the biology lab to see if that creature that Casey discovered is still in the tank, but surprise, surprise, the tank is completely empty. Stokely thinks their teacher might have just sent it off to the university like he said he would, but Casey's very doubtful of that. Stan asks what's going on with the tank, and Casey explains that he found this creature in the field, like this whole new species which is now missing. Casey tells Stan that he thinks aliens are taking over the school, and Stan just laughs at them. And I'm thinking to myself, Delilah, I thought you said you filled him in on this. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you say? Mm-hmm. So Casey tells him that he knows that he is right because of what happened with Mrs. Brummel in the locker room. And Delilah tells him that she saw her body in the closet and that they have been calling students to the office all day. Stokely points out that they have been calling students with the most influence and down, including the new team captain. Not Usher. Yeah. Delilah tells Stan he picked the right week to quit, and Stan laughs at all of them and tells them that it's stupid and ridiculous. We then cut to Zeke and Mary Beth, who sneak into the supply closet as Mary Beth asks what exactly are they doing in here. Zeke tells her that he's doing a little bit of shopping. Zeke further explains that this is where he gets all his equipment and ingredients. Zeke also tells Mary Beth to stick to their cover story that they only came in here to make out since the punishment is less severe. Literally. The two then kiss. Jealous! Mm. Mm, as they overhear the group talking about teachers being aliens. We cut back to the group as Stan is still calling them crazy and Delilah's like, fine, if you don't believe us, then go. And Stan's like, I'm, uh, I'm tired of Delilah and her sh- shenanigans. She, I almost said shenanigans. And she tells him that she can... Uh, uh, that he can leave and take Stokely with him and Stokely like tells Delilah to, to screw herself and Casey's like everyone calm down and Stan then asks Casey if aliens were here why would they choose to be here and Stan's honestly he's got a point why would you pick a landlocked state instead of one next to the water no, for real. and so Casey argues that if one were to take up the, uh, take over the world uh, would they go in and just blow up the White House or sneak in through the back door and Stan uh, is like looks like Casey really convinced him when like all of a sudden Zeke comes in screaming and scaring the shit out of all of them and Zeke tells Casey that the only man at the school who's an alien is him and Casey that tells Zeke to fuck off when their biology teacher comes and asking what they're doing and Zeke tells him that Casey's convinced that he's an alien and the teacher laughs and Stan adds that he actually thinks that the whole faculty are aliens the biology teacher starts covering all the windows and asks Casey if that's true and Casey asks what happened to the creature they found yesterday biology teacher tells him that he sent it off to the university and Stokely chimes in and asks if the university was able to tell them what the creature is Zeke then tries to leave, but the biology teacher stops him and tells the students to take their seats and that this will all be over quickly before he pushes Zeke to the ground. Casey then intervenes, but the biology teacher starts choking him, and Delilah tries to help by getting him by trying to get him to let go of Casey, but the teacher just pushes her away. So Zeke, with his quick thinking skills, grabs the blade that cuts paper. Like it, it's, I know what it is. It's like, it's like the think like a guillotine kind mm-hmm. of but like for paper. Yeah, it's like that. That's not a good a good explanation, but you know. Yeah. And he like rips it off and warns the biology te- teacher to like stop before he starts swinging. And the biology teacher tells him that it's for the best and lets go of Casey. And Stan is able to catch him uh, while Zeke slices off the teacher's fingers with the 
with the guillotine. Mm -hmm. And the teacher is able to get Zeke pinned down and is about to get another parasite into Zeke, but Zeke uses his drug pen in a last-ditch effort to get away. And after Zeke stabs his teacher in the eye with it, this seems to like wound him bad and his fingers start, as his severed fingers, like start crawling towards the others. Mm -hmm. And the biology teacher is able to get up and shove Zeke into the empty tank, leaving glass and water everywhere. And the biology teacher is about to finish Zeke off when the scat pen starts dissolving into the teacher's eye, which makes him like react horribly and fall to the ground. And so Stan passes Zeke the blade that he dropped to finish off the biology teacher, but when he goes over to uh, to him, uh, to his bed, it lays completely still in a pile of like white substances coming out of his eye. You know, like he's like his whole, he's kind of like the whole, his whole body is like dissolving, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, like from the eye. And so yeah. you, but what all, what did you think about that fight? I thought that was really crazy. Crazy. I was like, oh my god. But it's definitely like, see, aliens are taking over the school. Told you. 